I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for stage 17 of La Vuelta, finishing on mythical Angleroo. This episode is brought to you by Morton. More on them in a second, but you probably know the climb already. But a short stage, 125Ks with two warm up climbs Alto de la Cola Diella, uh, 6.5Ks, 8%, about a 20K valley. Then, what is it called? The Alto del Cordal. 5.7Ks, 8.5%, two category ones. Tricky descent, especially in the wet. And then the Angleroo, which is in two parts. The first is 6Ks is maybe 8%, pretty steep, but not too fearsome. And then the last 6Ks are brutal, averaging 13%. 13Ks at 9.4% average, the whole lot. Takes about 40, 42 minutes to do at record pace. And um, Seb Kuss with a slender GC lead coming into the stage, Benji. What did you think? The battle action would be for, for Yumbo today. The battle plan the battle for plan. Yumbo today? I reckon I was, I was hoping for GC Cuz because I'm a firm GC Cuz believer. And I, I believe that this Angleroo climb has been good for him in the history. So 2020 was really good there. Supported Roglic who had a vulnerable day that day. He was losing time and Cuz waited with him that day. And I was hoping they'd play around that. That being said, before the stage started, I also felt like you can't prevent Roglic from wanting to win this stage, is also a view I had, as in Jonas had his chances with attacking first to, to win a stage in the previous days, so he had a stage win already. Roglic has no stage win in this portion of the race yet, in the later phase of the race, after the, the GC-Cuz rise came up, but I think he's also far enough in GC that that is possible, that attack. And the thing with that final climb is, Angeru, it's not really the attacking climb, is it? It's more that you can attack maybe on the first kilometer of the steep section, but in the second half, it's more about just riding your own tempo and hoping that's good enough to put other people in trouble. I see it that way. Am I wrong? Yeah, and especially if it's taken out of your hands, I think if Ayuso or Mas or even Landa, I don't know who's sixth, uh, it wouldn't be Soleil, if they drop Sep two-thirds into the climb, you can't wait for him. With either rider, you can't wait. Um, you can't just let guys jump up on GC, um, especially as if a guy cracks even on the ang- on the Angleroo. The last mm-hmm. K can take five six minutes. I don't know exactly. Um, so e- even if a guy is cracking with two Ks to go, it doesn't sound far, but they can lose big time if they crack badly, like we saw with with Ayuso today. So it's it's a very very tricky one to balance. Um, I didn't think Vingegaard would attack again because there was a bit of a furor yesterday after he attacked and took so much time. So I didn't think he would be the one attacking again. Yeah. 
um, because that would that would look really bad. That, <laughs> <laughs> so people would destroy him if and he that did didn't that. happen. Um, but yeah, before we get into the stage recap, uh, big mountain stages call for big nutrition. The Morton Gel 160 is out now. Uh, it is redefining race nutrition, whether you are ultra running, doing triathlon or road cycling, or just yeah, going along on your bike. It is encapsulated in the same hydrogel technology, these gels, as the Gel 100, which has, be has been famous for giving you 25 grams of carbs that you absorb more of compared to other brands because it is encapsulated in that hydrogel. Now the Gel 160 has 40 grams of carbs in just a single gel. There's no other product on the market quite like this and it's still interchangeable with the gel 100 depending on your race or training situation how many grams of carbs you want to hit every hour during your event or session so if you want to get a discount on uh, the gel 160 given that this is stage 17 the famous Angleroo stage you can get 20 percent off using lantern rouge 17 that's operational for 72 hours. That's capital L A N T E R N E R O U G E 17 Lantern Rouge 7, uh, 17 for 20% off. Morton products are used by Yumbo Visma, Unox, SD Works, and Canyon Shram throughout the Pro Peloton. And yeah, give it a try today. If you, if you haven't used something like Morton before with the hydrogel technology, um, I'd encourage you to give it a try because it really is a game-changing product in sports nutrition. All right, Benji, this stage, Remco Evenepoel. Yes. He wants KOM points. He also wants to win the stage. He, this is the ultimate example of a tug buddy, though, with Mattia Cataneo. Just he, those two formed like the. It reminded me of the Alaphilippe Tony Martin duo today. <laughs> they were they were stomping. Yeah. There's one difference though, as in the establishment of the breakaway that eventually had Cataneo and Remco was not in one go. This was like multiple attempts leading to a, a breakaway that came together. And the initial breakaway attempt was including Remco with like a few guys, but that never really got away. I don't know who closed that. This was before the broadcast started. But the first established group that got away before the broadcast was with Matteo Cataneo. Also, the likes of Germani from FDG, Warbass Combo, and Hamilton. So two DSM guys and Warbass from Ajdezer. And basically, it takes a bunch of kilometers before a second group starts getting created. And that's when the broadcast starts. With 80 kilometers to go, roughly, Remco joins a, a second breakaway that is chasing down the first one, including him, Bouchard, Le Danois, Drizners, Arcos, and Ursulin. And that duo, that well, that, that, large, that large group actually ends up trying to get to the front group, but with the help of Cataneo, who drops back from group one to group two, and that's always funny, huh? Like, in this situation, it's always a great decision to do that, dropping back Cataneo to get Remco to the front, because he's your goal in this stage. But we've also seen moments in the past where it's sometimes someone dropping back from group one, and then, then they can't get group two back to group one, and they're, they're both out of the breakaway. But Cataneo's strong, Remco's strong, and they make that breakaway, and the funniest moment of this stage to me, before the final climb, was when Remco actually joins the front group with Cataneo, Drizniz and Warbaz look at each other and basically, I can imagine the conversation in their head was like, nah, I'm not having this. And they dropped. <laughs> that was hilarious. But like, there's nothing they can do in that break, huh? 
Nah, and also Yumbo were keeping a pretty tight leash on things. They already had, I think, Helsink and Van Bala choo-chooing along. And I think if the Vuelta... Well, I don't want to give them this advice because I think they're very happy with how things are going entertainment-wise. But if you want a break uh, to be more likely to win, you put a, probably a climb here of some description in the first 50Ks. So the Dylan Van Bala and Helsink can't just mow down um, breakaway attempts. Jeffrey Bouchard, by the way, where has man been? Where has he been? Jeffrey Bouchard. <laughs> I, I, I had him down in my little black book, but ever since the desert. And did he do anything else since the desert back in February? I love, I, yeah, he's a pure climber, but Jesus. Um, is there a desert in Spain? I reckon there is somewhere. Yeah, for sure, somewhere in the middle. Maybe not technically, but there's certainly some areas with pretty low rainfall in the middle. Anyway, Yumbo Visma clearly won the stage uh, because they are denying any serious break forming. And basically, you just have the two-up duo, no offense to Germani, and uh, was it Sepulveda? Yeah, with Cataneo and Roglic. Uh, they're just controlling them. And so it looks like GC is going to win, Benji, unless Remco's on a special, special day and has a gap of three minutes minimum. I thought even that would be pushing it if he's out in the break all day because he's going to have to go on the last climb Cordal himself. But yeah, what did you think? Were you surprised to see Yumbo go for the stage? I guess, no. I guess not. I didn't. I didn't really feel like that was a surprise. It's such a short stage that it's perfectly controllable, and it's also not that the Remco and Cataneo are basically dropping everybody in that breakaway on the first climb. And when that happens, it's a two-rider breakaway. Yes, it's Remco. Yes, it's Cataneo. But Cataneo is going to use himself up in no time for Remco to keep that breakaway ahead, and Yumbo Domestiques can keep that gap within three minutes before Anglid on paper. So. I think it's fine to do that. I think it's fine to go for the stage. It's 120 roughly kilometer stage, perfectly controllable, and they have a strong enough team to pull this off. So I'm perfectly fine with doing that. Tomorrow I see a different scenario where the break might be more likely to win, but that's a, that's a story we'll tell later. But afterwards, I said it, but Emko gets K1 points at the top of the first climb, the Alto de la Coladiela, but there's shit happening in the peloton. As in, when Yambo's pacing, Pambal is still pacing at this point, if I recall, and we see oh, an attack Hasing. by... Was it Hasing already? Yeah, or oh, no, he was before Van Bala. Oh, okay. No, at this point lying. right now, at this point right now, we see an attack by one of the most unlikely of beings who went for it on the first of the three climbs. Mark? Mark Soler doing a Landis, baby. Or trying to at least. <laughs> I mean, it looks really stupid. And it is. <laughs> but if you... Go 5,000 IQ and really think about it. What if a Yumbo leader jumps with him and they don't chase behind? Maybe Mark Soler goes and gets onto the podium. The answer is absolutely never happening because even if Roglic jumps with Soler, Bahrain and Movistar will chase, Rogl uh, will chase Soler and he's... So I guess if you wanted to make the race hard for Ayuso... You could also justify it. In reality, I think this is just a continuation of yesterday where shit is just happening. I'm not complaining because otherwise it would have just been Yumbo controlling the break um, and nothing, nothing too much yeah. happening on, on the first two climbs. But this, this mm -hmm. made it quite interesting because I thought, will Yumbo pace really hard to close him down? They didn't react really from what I could see. They just knew that it's basically suicide for your stage result to jump on the first climb he puts a minute into them on the first climb still there he, he then puts a decent gap into remco but 
this valley just killed him, Benji. That's the problem. There's this valley between the first two warm-up climbs, which are quite hard, by the way. Eight percenters with some ramp bass in there. And it's 20Ks and Cataneo, I know I never say it correctly, but Cataneo just kills Solaire in this valley. <laughs> and Hersink behind kills him too. He's just yeah. getting squished. He's getting squished. And when it comes to Solaire, it's also like if you get in a Shaspatat spot there, they don't stick. Well, the... The breakaway ride is that you're catching that dropped from the initial breakaway. Those guys are just going to sit in your wheel. They can't help you anymore. They're just in survive mode right now. So the gap was, was going down from Solaire to the Peloton. And to be honest, like after Cordal, in that descent towards Angliru, I was expecting Solaire to be caught at the foot of the climb. The gap was going down that much when it comes to Solaire to the, to the Peloton. And when it comes to Remco to the Peloton, it was pretty big on Cordell itself, like when, when he dropped Cataneo, for example, 250 on the GC group. And well, if he would arrive with 250 at the foot of Angler, I'd be like, I'll give him a chance. I somewhat believe it's possible. But if it's like a minute and a half, which it became by the foot of Cordell, then it's not possible. But it's not just because of Yambo, right? It's also because Bahrain started pacing behind Solera. And that pace is like, it's obvious why they do it, right? It's like, Landa versus Soler. We see Soler doing something that is inexplainable tactically, going up the road, let him cook, let him cook. While Just you let, the, let the boy cook. Ayuso's probably like, get this man off the grill. But yeah, <laughs> Soler himself... The lengths people will go to in this team to not domestique for me is incredible. <laughs> that is so true. Holy but behind pacing is logical because Soler can pass Landa in G. No, Landa can pass Soler in GC if Soler gets dropped after his attack. So it's logical that Bahrain does that. And they clearly had a plan for today's stage, considering how strong they were for the rest of the stage. Because before telling you what happened on the final climb, Bahrain looked absolutely amazing even going into the final climb. They had the Dude. most riders out of everybody. On Cordal, first of all, it's Tiberi. So Cat Killer's on the loose. And he's pacing on <laughs> Cordal. And it's a fierce pace. Because he, Soler wasn't going that slow. Neither was Remco. And he's just eating into this gap. Yumbo had brought it down at the base of Cordal at like, I don't know what it was, like 250 to Remco. And I was thinking, if Van Bala does this whole climb, maybe Remco has a shot. And Soler was, I don't know, on a minute 50, it was really bad. <laughs> and he just, I think Tiberi did really fast pace on that climb. And then the descent, they, and then the, 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 the tail Benji, I was thinking, yeah, are they just being conservative about Soler? Answer was no, because they go straight past him. And they're pacing the descent. And then Tiberi does the first half of, or at least the first half of, Ang not, not the whole of Angleru, the quote-unquote shallow section. Tratnik's gone. Valter's gone. He yeah. had a mech, but he was gone anyway. Hasting's gone. Van Baal's gone. Wilco's gone on the pacing of Tiberi on the plateau. And suddenly it's the three Yumbo leaders and... This the scariest mountain train I've ever seen. Who was it? Tiberi? Uh Caruso. Yes. Santi Pools Lander. Yes. And they were stomping. It was actually crazy. And like, it's not just pools, eh? It's Angliru pools. It's Alto del Angliru pools. He's godlike on this climb. He can push twice as long as he usually can on this climb. And I don't know what. It's like he, he's made for a climb like this, the way he's performing on this climb. And like, 
The way they went into Angliru, Soler being caught, Valter mechanical off the back, Trotnik dropping before the top of Cordal, Geesink already gone, Van Baal already gone. Basically only Kelderman left for Jan Bovisma. UAE is there with um, Ayuso Almeida, Soler, and I think Fisher Black was dropping early on on the climb already. So also leaders basically isolated because haven't shown much when it comes to that. But yeah, Soler was also dropping early on on the climb as we uh, as we mentioned as a consequence of Landa dropping. And Soler doing that is perfect for Landa. That's one move that he can make upwards in GC, but they kept going. After Tiveri, the next boy was Caruso, and Caruso paced a lot. It was mainly for that, that more the running section. section. Yeah. yeah. Not the super steep section of Angliru. And he kept that up, and there were riders dropping one by one. And oh, who's thin? Vlasov <laughs> was going off the back, for example. Kion looked stronger than Vlasov today. Um, Soler when it comes to other GC riders, yeah, Soler was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't know where he, I mean, we'll see where he finished. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, He finished on 1845. Dude, <laughs> Dude just took his own GC position. <laughs> just threw it in he the pit. his own GC randomly on the third last climb. <laughs> Dude, he was, it's Soler. not like he was in eighth. He was in sixth. Like, like he, he hasn't top 10 of Welter before, no? Uh, like, what was his plan? <laughs> Dude, oh, I love the man. Incredible scenes. Um, has he? No, he has he's come ninth in the Vuelta before. I, I respect it then. Who cares about <laughs> another top 10? You do you, Mark. Um, <laughs> maybe he knew he was just going to crack on Angleru anyway. Um, yeah. And yeah, this Bahrain pace, Benji, pulls, starts pulling. Santi, I don't think, pulled. And I was then thinking, are we going to see Mikel Lander Col de la Lowe's 2020 face with the meme originally yeah. where he looks at the camera <laughs> like scared when they were pacing <laughs> and when Bilbao was pacing? And the answer was actually no. Pools, who on really steep rampas is where he's best. On Lebetex, he torched everybody in the breakaway super fast time in the tour this year when he won that stage. He absolutely shreds this while pulls. Drops Santi. Yep. Um, Luke's just told me that the Lander face was on Iglier, Um, But they also did pace for Lander on Lowe's and they did nothing. Yep. So, <laughs> so that week he was great. He probably did it twice, okay? <laughs> probably. We just didn't catch it on Lowe's in the camera. And <laughs> what were you thinking at this point, Benji? Because I see basically pulls just drops every GC contender one by one yep. except the Yumbo guys. Juan Ayuso drops before Mas on this one. I didn't expect, like, I, I expected Mas to be better than Ayuso, but I also expected Mas and Ayuso to be better than, than three Bahrain riders who are still with the Umbo riders at that point. Three Bahrain riders. Butrago was still there. He wasn't pacing when Pools yeah. was pacing. But Pools, Landa, and Butrago were there together with Vingago, Roglic, and GC Kuss. Still GC Kuss at this point. Will he still be the same at the end of the stage? Who knows? But... At this point, I'm like, okay, Landa, I don't know what you're cooking, but this is going to be a one to three for Yambo. At no point did I believe that Landa would finish on the podium here from that point onwards. Was that wrong? No, not wrong. Um, unless one of the Yambo guys had real difficulty, uh, mm -hmm. but that didn't seem to be the case. That being said, he, he's moving up GC positions here. Jesus. Other guys are dropping really early, uh, like Soler's completely gone so he's already landers moved from seventh to sixth that's locked in then he starts to work on on mass and ayuso and he's moving closer to fourth so yeah even if he doesn't beat the yummo guys he's not going to beat all three for the stage at least he's doing something good and 
yeah, basically, I was surprised, as you said. Like, Almeida yo-yoing, not a surprise. Mm -hmm. He's not, you know, yeah. he's been a little bit sick as well. Um, and he actually finished the stage quite strong, also unsurprising. But, yeah, I was surprised. Like, to see Walpools and Santi dropping Ayuso and Mas, it is surprising. Um, yes, but Santi, he didn't need... I, did, I don't think Santi paced at any point. I think he was kept up there in the group. Yeah. And in hindsight, after seeing ahead the of them. GC results, this means that Butrago is now into the top 10 as a consequence oh, of... Wow following there so maybe they kept in their mind let's keep Butrago there maybe he can bridge over people on this climb and enter the top 10 if that's the that's the truth then Bahrain Galaxy brained this one uh, I guess yeah he now is 10th on GC and looking fairly <laughs> decent um against Steph Kras I think just behind him who who stays in 11th so yeah they were just torching it and now the question was what are Yumba gonna do yeah Vingegaard's there Koos is there Roglic is there I, I got to say that the television coverage was especially bad today in terms of not... Mm -hmm. They had pictures. They just didn't want to show Group 1. Like, Ayuso <laughs> was like Poggy, I'm done, I'm dead meme. He, and yeah. they kept showing Ayuso. But and, that's not the worst part. The fact that they were kept on showing it Emko Wave in the pool on the climb was yeah. like, man, he's in Fresh the shadow realm. Stopped. Like, yeah, he was... Emko was fun before the climb started. He was still in the running. Now he's gone. It's like... When you see a French GC rider 10 minutes back in yeah. the Tour de France, just because they're a French GC rider, I don't want to see that anymore. I want to see the friend of a race. So I agree with you there. There was also a random shot of Tratnik or Kelderman climbing up the Angleru through, through a bunch of trees for like 10 seconds straight. And I was like, oh my God, has a Yumbo rider dropped? But no, it was somewhere at the back of the race that a random Yumbo rider was being filmed. But hey, anyway, back to the action. Santi was being dropped. Pools and Landa. Pools kept on going, pools kept on going until we saw a move by Jumbo Visma rider. And that was Primoz Roglic moving on one side of the road, moving up. And Angliru is not the climb where you'll see an acceleration attack. You also well, you don't can't really... visibly see it. Yeah, I agree. But you also don't need to think about creating separation. Like yesterday, you got to think about creating separation. Yeah, yeah. On a climb like this, draft matters less than on the climb of yesterday, for example. So you don't need to, like, like you don't need that initial separation. Hold that initial separation on a bunch of riders that can relay and so forth. If you've got the gap, it probably means you're stomping harder than the riders behind you. As simple as that. And Roglic gets an initial gap. And when Landa can't close that, I was like, Chris is about to jump to that. And first of all, Roglic attacking, I have no issues with that. Zero issues because I'm of the opinion that Roglic is so far back in GC that he's uh, allowed to, in quotes, attack GC leader Cus because that way he can get closer in GC without stealing the red jersey and take the stage which he would deserve if he gets away like that. Yep, yep. Uh, of course, he can just beat Lander in the sprint. Uh, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> no, true. no, but why is, why is Jonas allowed to attack yesterday and on Tomale yep. and Roglic has to sit in and Roglic, if he feels good, why can't he attack today? That's yep. fair. And he does attack. And Lander's pulling, 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 coos in the wheel. Camera changes to Kian Oterbrooks, who's absolutely looks like he's stomping behind. I don't know where he finished on the stage. Uh, Almeida's pacing Ayuso at this point. Uh, Mars is somewhere in between on 22 seconds, or and Ayuso's on 40 seconds. And are they really going to crack? And it doesn't show the front for a long time. Changes back. Koos is now back in the wheel of, of Roglic. And I think then Jonas bridges across later when they show us. So now we have. Like they like have a lambre. 
Rather yeah. attacked. Jonas, it, that seems to be in line with how everything has happened this Grand Tour so far. And so you have a situation of three Yumbo riders. Mm -hmm. Lander's not a threat to anyone's podium on yeah. GC. <laughs> nor the stage. He's dropped. Ayuso is proper gone. He's parked. So like, yep. yesterday, if you were worried about entering Angleroo stage one minute ahead of Ayuso with two of your guys, that's no longer a problem because Jonas is yep. already one, two minutes ahead and Roglic is on the road two minutes ahead. And you have Kuz there. And then with I don't know how many Ks to go, with all three of them, there's another, whether it's an acceleration or Kuz could hold the pace. 2.7K, roughly. 2.8, 2.7, roughly. So 10 minutes left. Yeah. Maybe, maybe over 10 minutes left. Um, Roglic goes again, doing his heavy pace, and Kuz can't hold it. And you see Kuz in the radio. Jonas looks back, sees Kuz, and goes with Roglic. And at this point, I thought red for Kuz is finished. 2.7Ks to go. On Angleroo, you're dropping. You're going to keep 25 seconds on the road because of the bonies to Jonas. I thought Red was finished for Koos if he's having a, a wobble here. And I will admit, I thought it was really, really bad. Really, yeah. really bad. Yeah. In what sense? Just like there's just no need. Yeah. Like there, you, there's no plausible threat to the GC podium anymore. Yeah. There's no plausible threat. Are you so parked? Yeah. There's no threat to the stage. You're going to even land is done. Or you're going to absolutely torch him in a sprint. Yeah. It is literally just, there is not, it's just attacking Coos. Yep. I agree. I fully agree. And there's going to be two camps here. There's going to be a camp that says the strongest rider should win the race, which arguably there's some truth. I, I wouldn't mind seeing all three Yumbo riders climb up a climb 1v1ing each other. But there's also the side that respects what Kuz has done for this team in the past, sees an opportunity that is there that won't be given to Kuz often, the opportunity to win a Grand Tour, La Vuelta this time around, and that see Jonas and Roglic basically right away from Kuz and not thinking about Kuz at all. And we see Kuz grabbing the radio as the other two are riding away, and he says something like... One minute or two minutes later, the Yumbo Twitter account says that he was shouting, just go guys or, or go guys. Uh, uh, sorry, but I, I personally, I don't believe the Yumbo Visma social media manager heard it that quickly. That, that, that is slightly unbelievable to me personally. That being said, it's not impossible that he did say that because before the stage, he did mention if he is in trouble that the rest can go. But that doesn't mean that they should go. And that's probably an argument that other people will make and that I also feel somewhat like. I wouldn't have minded if... Roglic can go on. I don't care. I don't care if Roglic takes the stage or anything. But I think I, I wouldn't have mind seeing, seeing Vingegaard wait for Kuz in that situation. But if Jonas is happy for Sepp to win, yeah, right? And Jonas didn't attack him today. And Roglic drops Kuz at 2.7. What what's Jonas' lead on Roglic on GC before today? One minute and a half, I think. One minute and 20 seconds. It was yeah. one minute and four seconds. Oh. That's less than I expected. Is Jonas happy to wait for Koos? 2.7Ks to go. Pace him. Koos cracks like Ayuso did because Almeida dropped Ayuso because he was parked. And then Roglic wins GC. 
That's not the deal. Yeah. That's so, not the deal, but there's a difference there. But uh, that's at 2.7. Later, it was clear Koos was not full fucked. Because suddenly, if you could believe the time gaps, Lambda comes back to him and Koos is on 18 seconds. And we're like, Koos in red's back. Koos in red's back. At that point, could Jonas have waited a little bit? Or is it yep. too hard to do that in the race? First of all, Roglic could have won the stage from that group itself. He could have won the stage from Landau's wheel for all I care. So that's also there. He also kept riding fully, but he's also so far back in GC that I don't necessarily blame him as much for keeping up the tempo. He wasn't a threat to Kuz Red. Exactly. He wasn't a threat to Kuz Red in my eyes on this climb, so I don't mind him going for the stage because he was strong enough to deserve that stage today. Vingegaard probably was strong enough as well. And was, I'd argue that Vingegaard probably, probably could have attacked Roglic and won the stage himself. But he didn't do that. But he also didn't wait on Kuz. And I feel like he should have waited on Kuz at some point. But there's also the side of things that one's the strongest rider to win. And that's a difficult argument because I don't recall anyone in the history of cycling having been in a situation where they can gift away a Grand Tour to a teammate, maybe in the 80s or the 90s, but not in recent years. And there is no guide on how to do this properly. But it's yeah, hard but for me Matt as a... Yeah, lost 13 seconds because he led them out on Aronsol. Yeah. He wouldn't have lost 100 that. 100% true. He wouldn't have lost that if he was a protected co-leader. And he'd yep. now be 21 seconds ahead. I think it's too narrow to look at one stage or a few stages in the third week and say, ah, well, he's not the strongest. Like, well, what happened when Jonas had the shits in week one? What yep. happened? When you made him do a lead out to lose time in week one, of course he went. He took his time in the breakaway, of course. But yeah, it wasn't a good look. It but, really and and there's no hiding from. Well, let's Luke put in the chat the interview. Um, I'll read it out. Jonas said the win today was our main goal and to keep the situation one, two, three in GC. So everything went by how we wanted. And I think we can be happy with everything. And to be honest, I'm happy Sepp is still in the red jersey. I'd love to have Sepp win this welter. Roglic said. In response to how good do you feel today? Uh, when you get older, you get a bit better. It was a lot nicer this time than last time. Uh, was it tactical, they asked. No, I just did my pace. When Bahrain dropped the pace, I said, okay, I go for it. Did you realize Sep was getting dropped? Yes. Like I said, I just did my own tempo. It's a weird <coughs> thing, but we talked and I just did my own tempo. I told Sep to keep believing regarding red. I, how I perceive what social media are saying now, people hate what they said in the interviews. They're absolutely getting destroyed in, on social media, but social media isn't necessarily always right. But that being said, I told Sep to keep believing after the stage finish. It's like, bro, <laughs> you two are riding away from him. You rode Vingegaard to the red jersey, my dude. <laughs> well, I didn't. I should, anyway. Yeah, almost, almost, almost. Because, because, well, did we say who won the stage yet? Oh, yeah, we should, we should probably wrap up the stage. I mean... <laughs> It's, it's a very, as you said, it's a very weird, because if you're Roglic, if you're Roglic, you've not attacked Kuss and gained time on him once this race. Have you? Like, uh, since Kuss went into red. And you're not a threat to Kuss' red jersey. And it's his birthday! No, but, okay, forget Seth's birthday. He probably made, probably made it up. Um, <laughs> so that's the Roglic camp. And then the Jonas camp is to play devil's advocate. I'm happy for Sep to win, but if Sep full cracks, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gifting red this way. So it's a really weird situation. I think in an ideal world, 
They both wait with Sep. Roglic takes the stage, you know, comfortably. They cross the line like Paris Nice in 2022, uh, stage one, or in Genfevelhem this year. And Landout sprints them all? No, probably won't happen. I would love that. <laughs> Free Landau. <laughs> no, I think the argument is also it's hard to put us in the place of these riders, to put us in the place of Roglic and Vingega. But if you're Vingega, you won two Tour de France, you're destined to win a Vuelta in your career based on what is currently looking like. If you're looking at Roglic, you've won the Vuelta a billion times before. You're going to have the chance to be a GC leader in a Grand Tour next year again. Kuz doesn't jump above you in the GC leader rankings this year for me if Kuz ends up winning La Vuelta. The two leaders next year for me are still Roglic and Jonas Vingo, with oh, Vingo being the best GC leader in the team. And Kuz got the time from a breakaway. He got the time from a breakaway raid. Yeah. And he's been super strong. Of course, he's been incredibly strong. But he got so, like, the time gain on a breakaway. So my heart would want them to say, okay, I'm down with Kuz winning this Grand Tour. And they're saying that in interviews, but their actions speak louder than their words. And it's not my place to say, oh, they should 100% give it away because I'm not winning what, any Grand Tours. What but if you had like a six-fig bonus on the line? Well, I probably have had six-fig bonuses on the line winning the Tour de France and the Vuelta before. And That's I could probably make point. a deal. And I could probably help make a deal you do with that? Kuss. I could probably make a deal with Gus that he gives me my half of the bonus. Yeah. I... <laughs> if you want... The... I mean, Sepp seems to be taking it all in stride. So... Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Anyway, we should read out the stage results, as Benji said. Primoz Roglic wins the stage. Uh, it's a very, actually, fast finish in Anglera. It's kind of a weird descent finish after such a difficult climb. Kus and Lander come back. Lander helps Kus save his red jersey. They finish 19 seconds back. Kus finally hops the uh, cattle grid or runoff. Comes third. He needed those bonies too. Pools finishes fifth. A huge performance today. Did Pools come uh, second to Kobo on this in 2011? Uh, I think yes. So Pools came, yeah, so Pools actually on paper won this stage, I think, in 2011 because yeah. Kobo got done. Um, but he didn't obviously get to raise his hands yeah, in the air. Talking about that era for a second, people are comparing this to the uh, 2012 Tour de France where we had Wiggins being, in my opinion, worse than Froome when it comes to certain climbing stages, waiting on... Worse on the climbing stages. He was behind because he was worse on the TT stages. Exactly. So it's, it's the opposite, no? It's not the same scenario, right? Because there is the domestique that is stronger than the GC leader on the climbs. While here it's because being... Because it's not the strongest of the three riders here. It's just nice. a random comparison. It's not the same scenario, right? So we can't look at either yeah, one and, yeah. uh, and make conclusions, I think. Yeah. Anyway. Um, did I, do, I did the top five. Sorry. But yeah, Wout Paul's very, very impressive today. He also helped Lander move up on GC. I'll do the GC in a second. Almeida does his thing. He comes back to finish sixth on the stage after dropping from a group of 15. Outerbrook's on 120 with Santi. Outerbrook's also dropped early, but finished ahead of Ayuso and Mas on 142 and 143, respectively. Uh, Steph Kras, 217. Uh, Bardet, 243. He attacked earlier. I'd caution against that against Bahrain's pace because uh, Whirlpool's started to kill everybody. Vlasov, 255 back. Rodriguez, 310. And uh, as I said, Soler really fell out of GC today. So the revised GC standings. Kus, a slender. Eight seconds ahead of Vingegaard and 108 ahead of Roglic. 
uh, in third, so the top three unchanged. Ayuso now in four minutes. That's three minutes to the podium and four minutes to the winner. That's that's too far, I'm afraid. Lander in fifth now on 4.16 and looking very, very good. Maas on 4.30. Otterbrooks in seventh on 6.43. He moves up two spots ahead of his teammate Vlasov in eighth, who stays there. Almeida into ninth. Huitrago, as we said, into tenth uh, after the Soler and um, somebody else imploded. Anyway, um, no, Almeida moved up two. I can't even see who else imploded. Anyway, what a stage, Benji. I thought, did you not think on the second rest day that this Vuelta was going to be boring? And it's still, if you look at the results, kind of boring, but there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, it's boring when it comes to the competition of Jumbo Visma. Like, let's be honest about it. We knew from Tourmalet that Jumbo Visma was winning this Grand Tour 100%. Like, I had no doubts from that point onwards. It was just about which order the riders were going to be in. And... Whether Ayuso could find his way on the podium, for example, which is now looking a bit unlikely after today's stage and with the stages that we still have left. But it's also next to that, that Emko is kind of spicing up the breakaways a tiny bit, although he made that, that one against Barty look a bit too easy for, uh, for the sakes of entertainment value. <laughs> but there, there's definitely a lot to talk about. There's a lot of drama happening. I wonder how much drama is happening as much in the team as we perceive it from the outside. But I reckon the mood can't be perfect with any Jumbo Visma after a stage like this. Although, I don't know, it's like... Because he's I mean, like Sepp such a nice killed, guy. Yeah. He's such a nice guy that he won't be annoyed by any of this to the extreme that other people would, I reckon. American might regret that crazy. In, yeah. <laughs> he might regret that in, a, in like 10 years. Yeah, it's just... Like, he's... Yeah. I don't know, man. It, Next it, it, year... There's a lot of racing next year. Next year, Jonas Vingegaard and Roglic in Israel Grand Tours have one week day. They look at Sepkas, please wait for me, pace me back. Ah, this the is the moment where win. I win. And then Kuz looks back and says, the strongest should win and puts on sunglasses <laughs> and rides off into the distance. Yeah. That's how I perceive next year, but it most likely won't be that. I feel like Sepkas will remain the man. He's always been the, the super domestic that always does the work that everybody requires him to do and gets betrayed. Every now and I think then. the problem is, like, Jonas wasn't supposed to take so much time yesterday. <laughs> he wasn't supposed to take a minute 11 with the bonies. Can't he wait to... at the finish line tomorrow? Like, half a minute. Just stand there. <laughs> no, in Madrid, if he's ahead in the red jersey, just wait 25 seconds and make an yeah, absolute meme of it. That's too, that's <laughs> that's too, too much. much. That's too yeah. much. For them um, to drop. Yeah, the problem was UA didn't chase yesterday and other because then Sepp would be sitting on 35 40 seconds and it might look a little bit different anyway yeah. i don't think this uh i don't think this is over yet benji <laughs> i don't think it's over yet tomorrow stage 18 from pola de allende to la cruz de linares yeah. a climb they haven't done before 180 k's over an hour and a half longer than the stages we've been seeing the last two days so this is a much longer stage and it is, uh, it is very difficult. I think 4,000 meters climbing. They have a category two, the Alto de, la, de las Estacas, 52 k 7.3%. Then the Puerto de San Lorenzo, which is also hard, the longest climb of the day. Category one, 10 Ks, 8.5%, but it's a fake news climb. There's literally a flat K in there. There's like 4 Ks, 7 Ks at over 10% in this climb. Really, really difficult. Descent. Uh, then the Alto de Tenebredo, 3.4 Ks, 9.4%. Uh, 
again difficult, then an uncategorized climb, then the first repetition of the Linares climb, where the finish line's on top. Boney's also there. Uh, what is it? 8.3Ks, 8.5%. Also a bit fake newsy. The first 4Ks, uh, 5Ks are 10.3%. Descent, 10K Valley, and they do it all again. I would like to see... Well, yeah, I mean, what do you reckon? <laughs> it's I a reckon... longer stage to control. I reckon breakaway wins tomorrow. Control yeah. the breakaway formation phase. Let a breakaway uh, form that is not dangerous for GC, which won't be necessarily hard because most riders are pretty far from the Yamaha Visma riders and those are the ones that will be looking at it. Some riders might be interested in doing a raid here. So if we look at GC, what does GC look like today in terms of same riders from different teams? Butrago maybe wants to move up in GC a tiny bit. Almeida might try something. Uh, Soler might go in the breakaway as a satellite rider because he's on a decade now anyway. He might try to win the stage from the breakaway tomorrow. That's also possible. And I'm looking at those scenarios of like, who wants to try and upset things here? But in the end, I think that if you're Yambo Visma, you just control it and... Can't they just control it and try to win the sprint with Roglic? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Jonas can't take bonies, man. Exactly. Just ha have Jonas follow the wheel of Kuz unless Kuz drops again. If you want Kuz to win the Vuelta, you let the break win. Yep. Because the stage win is what gets people jumping, is, is what... And also, like, the other GC contenders are kind of been beaten into submission at this point. Yeah. Like, maybe... I don't think Ayuso doesn't won't believe he can get on the podium anymore. I don't think so. At, at three minutes behind Roglic, who won the stage today, doesn't seem realistic. Um, Is it a matter of respect? Have we had that discussion towards uh, Gus? Yeah, like... Kuz can win the Vuelta. He's four minutes ahead of fourth. Yeah. You can just let the break win. You can just let the break win. And... Controls, do, just go Skytrain you, and you'll be gravy. Exactly. And if Roglic can win the stage, it's fine. Like, distance is fine. Ayuso can take bonus seconds. I don't care at this point. Gus can take bonus seconds. Jonas can't. He's Jonas too close. just can't. But I reckon the break will probably win anyway. But that being said, it is very easy from this position for them to still secure GC Gus as the winner of this Velta yes. as a consequence of the backlash that they're getting publicly. But also, not the backlash. I don't care about the backlash publicly. Just out of respect for what Gus has done for the team before. Yeah, but there's... I mean, to play devil... I agree with you. But to play devil's advocate, Roglic came here as a co-leader. Vingegaard came here as a co-leader. They've given up a month plus away from their families. Roglic yes, but is Gus has done that multiple times already. I know, I know. I'm them. just playing devil's advocate. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kus has given up years of his life to domestique. But no result. So, yeah. I mean, he, listen, I guess these guys aren't charity workers, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's his job. He gets paid enough, <laughs> but yeah, never it's... gets paid enough. It's a cyclist. They raise their lives. <laughs> they do, yeah. Um, Lewis Leon actually finished yesterday, but didn't start today. It was a shame. He's retired Lost, this year. Yeah. yeah. Lost race for him time. as well, which is really unfortunate for Lewis Leon Sanchez. But, yeah, we had the discussion. It's like, what's your opinion? If you're listening to the podcast, drop it in. Any comments of podcast players, if we have that on YouTube in the comments, if possible. Want to hear your opinion on 
What do you think is the right thing to do from here on? And what did Yumbo do right or wrong today? Is it fine that they attack G Seekers? Should the strongest win? Should G Seekers has been have been held as the winner from today onwards? I don't know. Yeah, and there's one mountain stage left, and it's tomorrow. Who have you got winning? Remco, breakaway. I got Wall pulls in the break. If he's oh, in the that's break, a good one. That's a good rough. one. <laughs> You're not stopping him. Holy shit. Bahrain Trail, I'm going to watch it back tonight. Oh my god, yeah. they were absolutely storming. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think will happen. Um, do they let Coos take the sprint for the bonies on top of the first repetition tomorrow to take a six-second buffer? That might be a good idea. Um, uh, break will take it probably, no? Probably if the break is caught. So you went, Remco, I went pulls. Who's yeah. in red tomorrow? G-Seekers. I think they're going to move back to their G-Seekers moment and then they're going to roll that forward for the rest of this Grand Tour. I think Sepkas wins the Vuelta, I'm going to say it. I was nearly in tears when he was dropping. <laughs> I felt really? really... Yeah. I re it's I actually <laughs> really sad when he was dropping. Yeah. Because I thought he was going to completely crack. Um, but anyway, probably an Anglophone bias. Yeah, I don't know. It's just nice to see a different winner. Uh, would be nice to see a different winner. Um, it is just sport after all, but yeah. Uh, we'll see if GC Coos rebounds tomorrow. Obviously, GC Coos, we've been flying the flag for it since maybe 2020. Kind of surreal seeing it nearly come to fruition, but yeah, maybe he holds onto that red tomorrow. Um, it will happen. I think he will. Uh, then stage 20, are you so right? <laughs> maybe. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening in. As always, thanks to Morton for supporting this episode. Make sure you go check them out, and we'll see you with the recap of Leonardo stage tomorrow. Till then, ciao.